Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that tackles your freelance challenges one episode at a time. I'm Katie Carlisle, one of your co-hosts, and I've been freelance since 2013, running my freelance Squarespace web design and training business, The Wheel Exists. My name is Michelle Pratt, I'm your other co-host, and I run my training and coaching business, Dive Deeper Development, and I've been freelance for about four and a half years now. And we are now on episode 33, which means we are a third of the way into our 99 problems. And so we thought that it might be a good time to get all reflective. So we're gonna fire up the DeLorean and we're gonna take ourselves back to our first days of freelancing. So Michelle, you said that recently you were chatting to somebody who was actually on day one of their freelance career. And it got us thinking, what would we do if we could go back knowing what we know now, what would we do with with those first days or even just that one initial day of our freelance lives? So Michelle, what what were you thinking? Yeah, it's interesting, I was chatting to this guy and yeah, he he came in and we all talked about how long we've been self-employed and he said literally one day today is my first day and um he was clearly looking for help looking for ideas looking for input for people and i just thought wow if i could if i could tell him or if i could tell myself what would i what would i what would i say i i I applauded him for turning up to go into a networking event literally on day one and floating his ideas out there so i thought it was excellent but i think the very first thing i would advise myself or someone else to do is to just chill and just to take a bit of a, (laughs) a mental and physical break because when i i had worked for a large corporate for a long time and whenever I, I kept saying to myself, I've got to work out what, what I want to do. I've got to work out what I want to do. What do I want to do? And there was this little voice inside my head that just was screaming back at me saying, nothing. I don't want to do anything at all because I was feeling quite burnt out. But even if you're not feeling burnt out, I think just take the pressure off a little bit and take some time to reflect and just really think about what you want, if that makes sense. I don't know, Katie, what would, what would you do on that very first day yeah it's so funny because i'm i'm quite good at chilling i'll be honest um but actually i think for me i remember back when i i mean my first official day of freelancing as in when i registered with hmrc and i set up a website and and everything else it was whilst i was still working um i had just handed in my notice so i was working my notice period and so i remember that that it was on a sunday and I, and I was just really fired up. I wanted to do stuff because I was so excited about it. So I think it's funny that actually, like, I, I don't think I'd have been able to chill because my mind was just going and I just, I really wanted to get started and do something. So so can, if we're looking at that as the first day, I suppose because of my background in the digital stuff, um, the, the kind of logical thing to me seemed to be like, right, let's get something up and running and let's get a web presence. Let's get a website built. Let's get an email set up. Let's, I, I was very practical on my first day. So I didn't really think about going out and meeting people or anything. Um, and actually at that point, I wasn't entirely sure what my business model was going to be. I had some ideas, but it ended up changing quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think on, on my first day, it was all very practical um, yeah. and just kind of, yeah, like ticking a lot of boxes to like, almost to feel official, I think, you know, like to, to feel like I was a real business because I feel like maybe otherwise I might not have felt like I was a real freelancer because I'd like registered with HMRC and I had a website. I was like, oh, look at me, I'm so legit. Yeah, 
I think I'm definitely a big fan, you know, of of act fast, fail fast, but learn faster. And I think uh, my second or third, as you work your way down my list of things I would say to someone, I think acting quickly is definitely one. I've, I'm a big fan, though, of, of, of a pause for reflection. So I think the second thing I would say, as well as just chilling and, and taking the pressure off yourself to have all the answers on day one. And like you say, because you were saying, you know, yeah, I wanted to get going. I had ideas. I wanted to get started. And it's true. Whether you feel pressure or whether you feel excitement, there is this sense of having to kind of figure it out almost straight away. So the first thing I would say to me, given that I, I felt quite burnt out, is chill. You don't have to have the answers. But the second thing I would say, just before you do, you know, you leap into that action, I would also say hire a coach. And that's not just because I'm a coach. So obviously I coach people, but even if it's not me, you know, find a coach or a mentor or a program or someone who is going to help you sort of get through all the, the stuff that's running through your head. Because when I was speaking, when I speak to people who are on day one of their freelance journey, particularly those who have left large businesses, I ask them, what do you want from being a freelancer? And they say similar things to what I said and it's interesting. And what you hear is I'm fed up of conference calls. I'm fed up of compromising my values. I'm fed up of you know doing stuff that doesn't work. I'm fed up of the rat race. And what you tend to find when people first finish whatever they were doing before, it's a list of things that they want to get away from. So we did a podcast on motivation and we talked about towards and away motivation. And one of the, the big things you have quite often if you've taken redundancy or voluntary redundancy or you just quit your job because you were fed up is if you listen to the list of things that people say reasons why they want to go freelance it's normally a list of things that they don't like about what they've been doing before now what you don't like can be hugely powerful it can give you the kick up the bum to go take a new direction like becoming a freelancer but it's not the same as knowing what you want to move towards and you probably won't know that straight away but I think it is useful just to, to I say with a coach, a mentor, whether you join some kind of training course or program or mastermind group, something where you get to do that kind of thinking. I think it just challenges you about, OK, you've, you've had enough of what you don't want. But if you could do anything, how would you like to work? What kind of business? What kind of people? What are your strengths? What work really fires you up and buzzes you? Um, I think that can that can really help. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think actually that that was probably what I would say to somebody or myself, you know, if I was coming coming at this again from day one, would be what can I do today to set myself up for success in the long term? And actually, you know, what's what's going to have the long, long term dividends? Yes, at some point I'm going to need to put together a website, but I can do, you know, that doesn't have to be in the first few days, but actually something to get myself on the right track especially in terms of in my you know my situation I didn't know what I was doing I didn't but I didn't know there was even such a thing as a business coach when I first went freelance and that's something that a lot of people say and I, and I guess Michelle you must get that quite a lot given that that's your job um, but I think having having that kind of strategic time never really occurred to me and it was through trial and error that I kind of started with one kind of with one plan and then ended up doing the web design stuff yeah it's, it's so I think for me it would be more planning and less doing yeah and actually taking that time to plan not in a way that's procrastinating so I think there is a danger that if you're just starting out and you're not very comfortable with networking and you're not necessarily a fan of technology then um it you planning can sometimes be a bit of an excuse not to actually get out there in the real world 
Um, so don't spend too much time on it. But yeah, I think for me, like if I'd, if I'd had a kind of strategy session with someone like you, Michelle, on the first day, I think that would have made a world of difference. I mean, not that it turned out badly, but I just think I would have got to where I wanted quicker yeah. and not had to kind of take a more circuitous route to get there. Yeah, and we're not saying, you know, we're not saying don't leap into action or or whatever. We're just saying what, I guess it's just what we would do if we were doing it, didn't we? What we would do, With the benefit of hindsight. But I did, I signed up to a group coaching programme with with a group of people who I did my master practitioner NLP with and we we kind of did this kind of mastermind group and actually I don't think I would have gotten through the, that roller coaster of the first year if I hadn't signed up for that program where I could have somewhere to talk about that stuff I think it definitely helped me get further faster so it's not the only route but there's something about just take it so choose a football analogy just put your foot on the ball for a second uh, I think is really worthwhile doing and again with the wonderful benefit of hindsight that's that's what that's what we would do if you haven't done that well we didn't exactly Exactly either so that's so it's fine but then interestingly after you've sort of had that little pause the thing I would suggest after that is the exact opposite so once you've had your pause for thought and you thought about what do I really want what do I want my life to be like and really got all that kind of started to start those thoughts because you're not going to solve those straight away but I think starting that thinking having it in the back of your mind is important but then once you've done that my next advice to myself would be just get out there network meet people and try stuff so like you were saying just trial and error just get out there fail fail fast learn faster and I probably dragged my heels I was a bit too scared to do that but knowing what I know what now I would just say look get out there you don't have to have the answers so if 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 the situation is I don't know what I want or I have no idea what I'm doing just go out and meet as many people as many groups as you can and just tell them that you don't know what you're doing and um and I think that's probably scary for a lot of people it is, I yeah. mean we talked about it briefly in our networking episode of that kind of oh I, I, you know I don't I don't know how to to talk to people about what I'm doing if I'm not sure what I'm doing kind of thing um but yeah I think that is a big fear is that um what if I go to a networking event and someone asks me what I do and I'm a fraud you know what if they ask me and I don't know like I have to know what I'm doing before I can go outside you know before I can go out and meet people but actually people actually people love helping people and so if you go to someone and say hey I'm just thinking you know I'm just taking some time to figure out what I want for my business then people are often willing to help you work that out I know that's what our friend Katya did she said right I'm going to take this time to figure out what I want to do rather than rushing into something. And she's ended up with the business that she absolutely loves, but that she wouldn't have figured out if she'd have said, right, I have to commit to something straight away. Yeah, and actually she tried two or three different things. I think that would be my next advice. Go out, be vulnerable, tell people you don't know what you're doing, get advice, Get you'll get an avalanche of advice if you do that, but you can sift out the stuff that's useful. And I think sometimes you get bombarded with so much information you don't know where to go. We talked about that in our advi- um, advice avalanche podcast, but um, but then I what I would probably tell myself is just try stuff. So I the best way I found out about what kind of work I, I like doing um, is is by doing things. And the thing is, when you work for a large organisation or even a small business, sometimes you have to be all things to all people. You've got to be able to you got you you're skilled in multiple disciplines, not because they're strengths, not because you enjoy them, not because they make your heart sing just because that's what you've got to do to get the business delivered whereas when you're self-employed you can focus on just the things that you really like doing within reason but the only way to know those is to do them and for me I honestly could not separate
separate the things that I was good at because I had to do them in my job and the things that I would actually choose to spend my, my time doing. Because I think you quite enjoy doing things that you're good at, but just because you're good at them doesn't mean that, that, they, that they're the things that make your heart sing. So I, I kind of left a position where I'm like, well, I could do customer service, I could do sales training, I could do compliance, I could do diversity and inclusion, I could do change management programs. But actually, over t- it's only by actually doing stuff and putting myself forward for stuff and taking various jobs that I've worked out the things that that really work for me and where I can really add value to people in quite a unique and special way so after you've had the pause after you've had the reflection yeah get get stuck in I think and I think for me as well one of the things that I wish I'd done a bit sooner like maybe on day one because it would have been a good way to start would be to actually just tell my friends and family and my kind of immediate network what was going on I mean we talked a couple of episodes ago in episode 31 I think it was about getting friends and family on board um because I think sometimes it can be a bit nervous to kind of share what you're doing especially if you're not quite sure what it is and it's not a kind of obvious job title um but I think that's something I wish I'd done a bit sooner um because actually I have got work from there but not just that it's actually nice to have people in your corner like before you go out and make friends in the freelance world and before you get clients it's nice to have people who are championing you and like know that that's what you're doing and normally people are willing to support you so I mean one one of my first pieces of work was from a former colleague um but I and I and I've just had a piece of work uh now from someone I worked with about seven years ago because I had talked about what I do on Facebook. We were Facebook friends since she left the company type thing. Um, And then me talking about what I was doing meant that she had that awareness. And even if she didn't do anything about it for, you know, six or seven years, she then came back to me because she knew that I was, I was doing Squarespace websites. And so I think that that's one of the things that, yeah, maybe not on day one, but in the first, in the first few days, I think, start sharing with select trusted groups of people what you're doing even if you're not quite feeling brave enough to go out and talk to you know potential networking groups and stuff yeah and the other thing is and we mentioned this in the networking episode i think and if, i think we've talked about it a few times is networking doesn't have to be a big scary business thing where you go and there's lots of men in seats and they hand you business cards and you have to pitch and everything like networking can just be going to a workshop to learn something and then talking to the people who are there um so i I would kind of caution a little bit against uh, in your first days feeling like you need to go to lots of workshops to learn how to be freelance or to learn how to do what you want to do like obviously if you're transitioning to something that does require a particular skill set you will need to take some classes to learn how to do that but I think there's a point at which it's enough and I think it can be tempting sometimes to go too far and be like okay once I've done this course I'll be ready once I've done this course I'll be ready well to, um, or to sign up for everything as well isn't it that's the other one like yeah like you don't need to be a complete marketer you know you need to have an awareness of marketing you don't need to have completed a marketing course to run your business it, it, there's some useful skills to learn but you can't exactly yeah. and you're going to pick stuff up as you go along I don't know what the percentages are Michelle you'll know this probably in terms of how we learn and so a massive amount is like experiential rather than formal learning yeah they say about 70 but um, 70 percent they say is actually doing about 20 percent they say um is about is from your networks is learning from other people yeah I think one of the other things that I wish I'd done maybe not on day one but certainly again in the early days of 
of freelancing and maybe on day one would be actually to again going back to that kind of planning approach would be to think about what what i can do to start building up my potential audience um so i think for me as well as obviously going out and networking for me i i didn't really i've not i've not ever really done that much content in inverted commas so i've not written that many blog posts um i'm not super active on social media i don't really have that many newsletter subscribers and actually i wish i'd spent a bit more time at the start before i had all the client work and stuff taking up my time to actually maybe start writing down some ideas start writing down some thoughts you know if you have knowledge about something I think one really useful thing to do in those early days while you have a bit more time is to start kind of capturing that knowledge, whether you're doing a podcast, whether you're doing uh, a blog post, maybe it's some YouTube videos, but actually start sharing your knowledge and start building up your audience and start building yourself up as an expert in that field. So what, what I'm finding difficult now, like six years on, is that I focus a lot on the client work and so client referrals come to me quite easily I get most of my work through word of mouth I provide a good service to clients that's all fine but if I want to do anything else like if I want to um you know I'm doing I'm putting together a Squarespace training an online training course at the moment if I wanted to promote some of the tra other training stuff that I do the workshops that I want to do if I want to do anything else beyond just client work I don't have a very big audience I don't have many newsletter subscribers because I haven't been consistent with that and I haven't been kind of putting together reasons for people to actually sign up I've not done that much blogging so I've not had the chance to kind of again build up my profile as somebody like so I want to do more speaking but and I've done a lot of speaking but I haven't really done much to build up my audience so that I've got someone to tell that I'm available for speaking if that makes sense yeah it, it does and I think if by doing content like that it, it like I say you don't spend all your time doing it but I think it's a great way of working on what you like as well because you can tell if you're making videos or if you're doing blogs or whatever the subjects which you're passionate about and you could talk about effortlessly and the ones that feel like a real drag so it's a great way of doing it and they and they say and I don't know it's all various persuade books on persuasion that people need to be touched by message seven times before uh, they really take it on board so if you have a passion a subject that you're passionate about but you don't know what you're going to do with it business wise what you can do is put things out there even if people don't read the blog or listen to the podcast if you've got good titles or people understand the concept you think no one's noticing but people come back people do this podcast with we, you know, we get numbers on who listens but actually people say oh I was listening I saw you did a podcast the other day oh don't you do that blog or didn't you read that book in your in your business book blog and people do take that message in so you start to form associations in other people's minds of your passions and so sometimes people will come to you and ask you for a service and that can be a great way of doing customer research as, as well and Katie you, you mentioned telling your friends and family what you do and I think that's a great way of doing it I mean you could literally just go through everyone gets this tip and I don't I don't think many people follow it you could literally go for your address book or go for your Facebook page or your LinkedIn contacts and literally do do tell people who who have you got there that you could ask and as you say people are really willing to help so I was really coy and quite fearful of telling everybody what I was planning and the advice that I got was to go out there and tell everybody what you're doing even if you're not finished yet 
bring people on that journey while you're going along there and while you're figuring out. Yeah, that was what I was about to say, actually. We're talking about day one, but actually we could be talking about day minus 30, day minus 60, day minus 90. If you know that you're going to be going freelance, and most people do have a bit of an advance notice, you know, it's unlikely that most people are like, oh, I'm working. Oh, I'm freelance now. Okay. If you have advance notice and you are in a position to be able to talk about it, which I know not everybody will be, but if you're in a position to talk about it before day one, absolutely start building up from then. Even if it's just with, like you say, friends and families or people that you know from your address book, you know, former former people that you have worked with. I know a lot of people actually, not just me, quite a few people have got work via former colleagues it's an unexpected network but actually when you think about it people because you think oh well they work for where i used to work why would they need a freelance but people move on people change jobs just like you have and so actually a a network of former colleagues can be really useful yeah Um, but also yeah friends family and everything but i think starting to tell people okay in three months i'm going freelance so if you're if you come across anybody that might want some support with x y and z at that point then i'm available yeah you know if you're working in the day and you go then you can still go to workshops in the evening or at weekends there's some stuff you can start before day one yeah in order to actually get yourself you know ready to hit the ground running on day one yeah and that's probably the biggest advice i, I would have given to myself is yeah like start i mean i was able to do this to an extent because i was working part-time for three months in between handing my notice in and and going fully freelance um but i think even before that point i probably could have started to build up yeah some con you know start writing start writing stuff or whatever medium works for you you know you you don't have to tell anybody even if you can't publicly broadcast it if you took a couple of hours every week to write a blog post for three months before you went freelance you'd have a ton of content ready to share when you went freelance yeah and then Um, you'd be more discoverable then wouldn't you exactly and the other thing i'd say michelle just going back to what we were talking about earlier about the kind of content stuff and recording videos and stuff the reality is when you first start doing it you're probably going to be shit like when you do your first youtube video it's probably going to have you know terrible sound quality you might not have all the relevant kit maybe the angles are wrong the lighting's terrible your first few social media posts might be like really poorly framed your first few blog posts might not be as succinct or as clear as they could be and that's normal because if you've not done it before then why would you be good so that's another reason to start sooner and that's another reason why i wish i'd started doing more video and stuff sooner because now again six years later because i haven't done much video it's still quite scary for me and i still don't really know what i'm doing you've got to get for that Whereas barrier with video haven't you of just looking yeah, awkward and looking stupid yeah yeah and whereas if i'd started six years ago i'd be really comfortable with it now and i'd have probably built up a bit of a following and everything so i think just start experimenting early and like you said michelle you know fail early fail often and get to that point um and just use that time to really practice and get good at stuff because i know it can feel really demoralizing when you've got like three newsletter subscribers and you're like why am i spending time writing a newsletter to send it out to three people but a those three people might still be interested customers but also it gets you into that habit and it gets those muscles kind of working yeah it, it um, really does and then it, it's so gradual the kind of content build up i mean twitter's probably the platform on which i've got the most followers i've got over a thousand followers on twitter now and so now when i tweet it feels a bit more impactful but I still get no replies sometimes when I ask questions, but I'm like, I'm not going to stop doing it because I know that I do get a value out of it and be business out of it. Yeah. So. It's for your development as, as much as, as, as anything else. And that's what really helps. And I think you're quite right. I think on day one, you, like you say, it's, it's probably day one, mind it though, 
what should we call it freelance freelance minus 30 or whatever i i yeah. I, I, I was um on a th- on a three month notice period because of the job that i had and um to be honest that i tried to tie up as many loose ends and be as good as employees as i could during that time and my my employer didn't give me any work to do i was twiddling my thumbs so i went off to do networking days or, or and my boss was very good at letting me go do stuff but um you know i wanted I, I knew coaching was something that i wanted to do i'd been coaching in the business anyway and i knew it was something i wanted to do outside of the business and I'm currently doing a coaching course for my own professional development to to just take it to another level learn new skills and I'm meeting so many coaches on that course that want to be coaches and their, their mindset is very much when I have the coaching certificate then I will be a coach the thing is it doesn't stop them offering and actually charging for coaching services now provided that they're setting the expectations about where they are and what they can offer and they're being realistic and honest there's no reason why they couldn't coach now and I've got a study buddy and she and she wants to start coaching people but we're just trying to kind of coach her out of this oh when I'm qualified or when I'm officially a coach then I can coach people and I'm like no you have some skills that are valuable to people now so even if it's friends even if you charge a nominal fee even if you're doing it just you know on a weekend start coaching people now and and this isn't just coaching this is anything if you're selling a product if you're offering consultancy if you're building websites if you do copywriting it doesn't really matter what you do you can start to do this for charity for friends for other people paid and 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 just be honest that you're on that learning curve because i i i wish i had started sooner i wish i'd started in that redundancy period actually uh that notice period rather than waiting for day one because if you wait till day one it's it's pretty scary and i think the other thing is even if you can't find somebody to do the the kind of work for then think about how you can do a kind of mock version of it so from a website design perspective i could you know create a fake website i've done this before i've created a, a fake website for a cat shelter um because i really want to do a website for a cat shelter um and so i have cre- i've created that so that i mean it hasn't I, I, it was a couple of years ago and i haven't had anything from it but if anyone comes to me and is like oh i'd like a cat shelter website i'd be like oh hey here's what it could look like here's how it could work um, and, I, and I kind of tweet about it on International Cat Day and stuff like that. Um, and so again, it's just a, a nice way of sort of, uh, of showing my skills without having to have a particular project. So if you're a designer or a photographer or anything like that, you know, pick, pick a, a mock project, create, a, create yourself a kind of fake client brief um, and try and fill that in as well, because that'll help you identify if there's any holes in that brief. Um, and then create the draft design or take an existing business and redo their logo and talk about, and then you can use that material, you can do a recording or you can do a post talking about, here's why you did that, you know, and, you know insights into the process behind it. So you can create content out of it and improve your skills and have something to show in your portfolio. If you were coaching, like, like you say, Michelle, you can do it with friends, but you could also create, you could also come up with kind of scenarios and then you could say how you would coach somebody through that situation. So, so with most professions, I think there are ways for you to start building up even before you have clients or friends for you to kind of create like, like mock scenarios to, to be able to still showcase your skills. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a, that is definitely a piece of advice. It's learning through doing, like you say, Katie, most of the learning we do, we do is through doing. 
the, the rest is coming from you know relationships and of course there is a little bit of formal learning to do as well but the sooner you can start the sooner you'll learn the sooner you get your confidence up as well um confidence um, is a fragile thing sometimes particularly when you're first starting and people think well when i feel confident then i'll do it but the reality is it's only when we start to do things that we get the feedback on how to get better but also we get some confirmation that we're good at it so that's that's where it would start i think yeah, exactly. And I think it's that thing, yeah, you, you're not confident. Like you just said, you're not confident. You're confident because you've done a good job of it. You don't necessarily do a good job because you're confident, but it kind of it reinforces itself. But you need to start somewhere. If you're not feeling confident, you just need to start doing stuff and the confidence will come afterwards. Um, same for like, you know, deciding what you're going to do and following your passion and everything. Rather than spending ages trying to work out what it might be, actually start trying some stuff yeah which i think we've mentioned already so, um, so katie what else would you tell someone on on day one anything else to add i i do you know i think i'd just be like it's gonna be okay <laughs> don't panic it's all fine um i think i think when you first start this is kind of i think you, you do have a bit of adrenaline um and the first few days or few weeks it, it, it'll vary from person to person how long you're kind of on that high for and then I think at some point there is an inevitable crash where you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Help, ah. And I think at that point, it's good to, to sort of remind yourself, no, it's it's gonna be okay. And I think we talked about this in the last episode where we talked about, you know, what is it, you know, am I cut out to be a freelancer? What, what are some characteristics of freelancing? I think knowing that it, it will all be okay, you know, even if freelancing doesn't work out for you, it's worth a try and you can always go and get a job. You'll have more skills now if you, than if you'd have stayed in your job, almost certainly. Cause like I, I have, if I ever needed to get work again, apart from the fact that I'm pretty unemployable cause I wouldn't be very good at being told what to do. Um, I've got so many more skills and like, you know, I, I've got so much more skills than I would have done if I'd have stayed in my previous job through being freelance. And so I'm like, look, if, if it ever came to it, I would be, able to turn my um what's that phrase turn my hat hand, to. Hand, no? hand 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 there we go turn my hand to lots of different jobs i wouldn't necessarily even do web design i'd be able to turn my hand to lots of different jobs because i've got so many different skills that i've picked up through freelancing yeah and so i think yeah i'd, I'd kind of i'd say to myself it's, it's going to be okay and the other thing i would say and, and again this kind of echoes what you mentioned before um but just to kind of reiterate it like episode 15 was where we talked about the advice avalanche and so i think one of the things i would say is you do not have to listen to everybody yeah and do what is right for you and find the people whose advice resonates with you and follow their advice follow the people who are doing what you want to do don't try and take advice from people who are not doing what you want to do um and I think I heard a really good quote the other day on a podcast and it said, um, it was about criticism. And it said, um, don't take criticism from somebody that you wouldn't take advice from. Yeah. And I think that's really good as well. I would tell myself that because there might be people who are criticizing you who don't understand what you're doing. And it can be really hurtful and it can be really demoralizing and make you feel like, oh God, am I doing the right thing? But actually, if they're not people whose opinions you value or if they're not doing what you want to do then they're then i know it's hard to just say oh shrug it off like i take stuff to heart all the time but 
I think that really gave me a different perspective on it to say like, okay, if I wouldn't take their advice and I wouldn't value their opinion, why on earth am I being so affected by their criticism? And that's really helped me to kind of reframe stuff and see it in a different way. Yeah, it's, so that's the other thing I'd say. I, I, I can't. What about you, Michelle? Anything else that you would do on day one? No, nothing. Oh, having a little freelance party. Yeah, like I nothing really to add, but I do like that stuff you just said there, and I think it helps with the confidence, doesn't it? Um, you, you know, you're saying like just take the, the pressure off; it's going to be okay, and I think that's absolutely right. Nothing is, you know, irreversible. If you end up down a path that you you don't like learn from it and but there's always a way back i mean for what you know there's a lot of pressure you might feel there's a lot of pressure on but you can always go back to employment worst case scenario or contracting or whatever you know part-time or do your business so you have options it's never nothing is permanent so don't worry about making the right choice you know take to make the best choice you can and at the certainly time. don't let yeah certainly don't let the fear of it not working out paralyze you from trying stuff yeah and i definitely did um, do that I, I, yeah and you were talking about the advice that people are giving you and a friend said to me you look um, if you do what someone else has done, you'll get the results that they've got. Um, do you want the results that they've got, or do you know, would you want to run your business the way they would run their business? So if you you might think, well, I like some of their success, but I don't necessarily would run my business that way. Well, they're probably not the best person to live to you know to live up to. They could probably give you some good advice, but actually choose your role models wisely. I suppose is the, is the last one from me. Just to find people who do what you would like to do at the level you would like to do it at. Some people want to be six figures. Some people, it's a lifestyle business. Find someone who's doing it at the level that you want to be doing it at with the similar values and, and outlook to you. They're probably the best people to spend your time around. And the other thing I would just add to that is don't beat yourself up if it isn't happening in the same way, even though you're following all the steps that somebody else has followed, because luck does have quite a big role to play in stuff. Like I'm really aware that some of my freelancing stuff has come through being in the right place at the right time. Some of it's because I've been proactive and some of it's because I've kind of been very deliberate. But yeah, I'd say a good chunk of what's happened with me has been luck. Um, you know, one of the first websites I happened to get through, I was using People Per Hour at that time, which is like a job site um, where they kind of take a commission. Um, and one of the first websites I got through that did really well. And so because my link was in the footer, they I got lots of inquiries through that website. And, and but like that, that was, I mean, obviously it wasn't luck in the sense that I made a nice website for them. And that's why people wanted me to make nice websites for the other people. But it was luck that I got that job, that that job was available at that time, that that company went on to do well. You know, I can make a nice website for somebody, but if they haven't got, any kind of business sense and they're not doing any marketing or anything like that like it's it doesn't guarantee anything so i've had plenty of people where i've done a website for them but then they haven't actually spent any time getting people to the website um and and, and so then they haven't done the business as well as they could have done yeah so yeah so i think so i don't beat yourself up if especially in your early stages you aren't seeing the same success as somebody that you're trying to emulate yeah um and we talked because we talked about the comparison trap in the different podcast and i think that that's, that's a good point katie we compare ourselves we compare our, ourselves on day one to someone else who's on like year 10 and that's not you yeah. know that's their end point that's not their start point and um like you say we tend to write this narrative about what someone did wrong or what someone did right and and, and this, especially with really successful people about all the skillful things they did to get where they were and that is true they did loads of skillful things they also had luck or timing on their side also so yeah don't don't beat yourself up and don't compare to people that when it's not for like for like 
So is there any one thing that if you had your time again on day one, Michelle, you would do? What would be like the one thing that you'd do? I think it's that combination of chill on day one, take the pressure off. And then I would say, yeah, just throw yourself in. Give yourself time and permission to try things uh, until you and fail at things until you work out the things that really do work for you. And I think for me, well, you don't, you don't, you, when I went first went freelance, you'd have still been employed. So I'd have had to have hunted you down at your previous place of employment and been like, hey, Michelle, do a coaching session with me. But if I could do that, that's what I would have done. I would, I think having, having a, a like an initial strategy day, I think would have been super fun and also really helpful. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably what I do. Be find find a coach and do a strategy day, or or if not even if not a coach, then just find or take take myself to somewhere and have a bit of a strategy day with myself. I've done that before. It's not it doesn't work as well because it's harder to be reflective when you're on your own. I think yeah. for me, but yeah, I think I just I done a bit more planning rather than going straight into the practical stuff. I think I'd have maybe done the practical stuff a few days later. Yeah, a bit of soul a bit of soul searching first, which yeah is very good. Yeah exactly cool so we'd obviously love to hear your stories on what you did on day one as well and if you are on day one hi congratulations and good luck with your freelancing so as usual you can contact us on social media so i'm at the wheel exists on twitter and instagram and not really on facebook i don't really use facebook but i'm kind of on there um, and Michelle, you are I'm, at I'm Dive, Dive Deep, Deep Dev. Dev. Dive Deep <laughs> DVP on Facebook and Twitter. I'm just Michelle Pratt of Dive Deeper Development on LinkedIn. I say just, obviously that's fabulous, but you can find me on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> um, and as usual, we'd love to hear any uh, tips or comments or, or questions that you'd like us to tackle in future episodes. And if you want to make sure that you get future episodes, then please subscribe to our podcast and then it will ping up a notification. Um, we're on all the main platforms. So um, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify Google Spotify. Podcasts. Yeah, us and Jay-Z are there. If you type in 99 Problems on Spotify, you get us and Jay-Z. Um, so do, do please subscribe. It helps us to know that people are listening and that we're not just, again, talking out into the world uh, with, with, with the tumbleweeds. Um, and yeah, we would love to hear from you. So um, until next time, have a lovely freelance day and we'll see you next time for another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. <laughs>